I'm feeling a little lonely today. Why are you feeling lonely? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, I'm missing a little piece of my vastiferous, actually, oh, uh, yeah. on each side because I had a vasectomy. Yesterday. We're going to be talking about Wes's vasectomy today. We are. Doing pretty well, though. But we're also talking about loneliness. Uh, and we are going a little deep there. So talking about even suicidal thoughts. So if that's a trigger or anything, just letting you know we're getting into that. And you should seek help if needed. Um, but we're being open and honest about that. Yep. Just the same way I'm being open and honest about the vasectomy and letting you basically know everything that's happening. So let's, let's do it. In. Hi, I'm Tira. And I'm Wes. Welcome to I Get It, the podcast that lets you know we are all on this wild ride together. And speaking of wild rides. Okay, okay, Wes. <laughs> we are here to have those hard conversations you typically don't even have with your best friend. Yeah, from navigating parenthood to living with adventure and generating income so we can actually retire one day. No topic is off limits, and we call body parts what they are. Life isn't always easy, and you are not alone. Welcome to I Get It. How you feeling, West Wages? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Are you feeling pretty good? Yeah. Okay, this is for all those uh, ladies and men out there that the husbands are terrified of getting their vasectomy. Yeah. You're less than 24 hours out, and you're saying you feel pretty good. Uh, yeah, I feel fine. Okay. You know, but I've been using the jock strap and the ice pack, the frozen peas. The frozen peas. So I think that's helped a lot. And I've been taking some ibuprofen. Yeah, I've had so many women message me and they're like, tell Wes to message my husband. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, so we'll get into the real, I'll give you the brief and the lowdown, right? Yeah, go for you it. You just get a call, you get your consultation, they'll meet with you and say, hey, here's what's going to happen. They do look at your penis. They say, all right, here's your little cables on the side, your vestiferous, I think. Okay. Uh, and then you leave there and say, hey, let's go ahead and schedule you for your vasectomy. So that's how it works, guys. You don't have to pay anything. That's the consultation. Consultation. And then you go back in whenever you decide. Mine was probably six weeks later. Uh <laughs> You, you go in there, go ahead and pay, which is less expensive than I thought. Oh, it's so frustrating how cheap it is, actually. Yeah. Where we're I mean, at, at all least. All doctors are probably different, so I don't yes. want to just say, but it's way less expensive than like, I thought. So cheap. Totally worth it. Definitely part of the patriarchy. And um, <laughs> topic for a different discussion. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then you go in there. Um, I've literally had never had my penis like probably touch so much. I mean... But you've had your penis touched <laughs> yes, several times. It's not a like, new sensation. I mean, it was a solid five minutes of just cleaning and like pulling and tugging and you know what I mean? It's, you know, not not great, you know, but it's just like part of the process there. You do have to... But you are you have a volume at this point. I did take one, yeah, about an hour. So I got a prescription for that from the doctor. He said it helps things, everything relax, which mm -hmm. I was very thankful for. Because I walked in the room, I, at first I thought it was kind of cold and then it got real hot, you know, probably just because I was nervous. You Having know? a hot flash. So they uh, they said a lot of people even pass out, but it, honestly, it wasn't. That was the worst part, right? When they're just pulling and tugging and, you know, literally, but. People probably pass out just because they've, it's a mental thing. A hundred percent. But I think, I, I would say it's totally worth it. I mean, we got to wait 12 weeks to make sure everything's all clear, but um, that's the worst part. I mean, they do numb you. And so the shot that they give you. I mean, I'm getting pretty detailed Go here, but it. the shot in your scrotum, uh -huh. that wasn't so bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the numb everything. Uh -huh. The bad part is when they start pulling on the, I think it's called the vastiferous like yeah. cable, the part that takes the semen into the, uh -huh. um, you feel, you don't feel that right in your testicles. You actually feel mm -hmm. that in your whole like inside 
Even in the bottom of your stomach because it's, I guess it's all connected, right? So let's talk pain scale. One to Mm. 10. And they say 10 is like death. Like you're ready to die. Four, five. Four or five, guys. Four or five to all the men that are listening right now. It's super, it's just like, okay, real quick, boom. And then it goes back, all right? And it's just like real quick, pull and then back. Yeah, so I had a photo shoot yesterday morning with a good friend, a couple, and their family. And so the the husband was like, so how did y'all go about making this decision? Was this a conversation <laughs> that y'all had? Oh, did you tell him? Did he do it on his own? I was like, pretty much, I said, I'm done. Yeah. I've done my part. I've played my role. I did the birth control thing at the beginning of our relationship in our marriage, and then I birthed the children, fed the children, nurtured the children. I'm not getting put back on birth control because, guys, birth control screws you up. Absolutely. Big time. Like, there are so many very intense side effects that women can experience. In fact, I know someone, I went to high school with someone who recently had a pulmonary embolism from her birth control. Like, super serious stuff. And so I was like, but you can do one of three things. You can get a vasectomy, you can suit up for the rest of your life, or you can practice abstinence. (laughs) Like those are your three options, but I'm not doing anything else to contribute to this part of our relationship. And I chose abstinence and you were like, no, that's not, (laughs) we've gotten too good at it. I mean, I got my tools now, so that's not true. That is a total joke. I shouldn't even joke about that um, because nothing replaces you, bud. Um, Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) Yes. So you decided to do a vasectomy, and you've been putting it off now for quite a while. Yeah, probably nine months. Yeah, because we, I'd really struggled after I had our number four of like, oh my gosh, are we, are we done? I really want another girl. And I went through this deep mourning stage of like ending this chapter of my life of just the pregnancy and the nursing and and all of that. And honestly, it was way more difficult than I expected it to be. And so I had this whole like, am I done? Do I want more situation? And then COVID hit. (laughs) And I was like, absolutely not. No more human beings are coming from my body ever again. Like I am officially done. Because I expected to be sad the day that you did this or have some kind of emotion. I have no emotion other than why haven't you done it yet? (laughs) Yeah, you were like, hey, I need some time. Let me think about this. And then one day you're like, why haven't you done this yet? Do it now. It should have been six months ago. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I think what officially made you finally make the call for the consultation was we had several moments where I was like, listen, bud, we would be having sex right now. If you had your vasectomy. Yeah. Well, Mexico, or we went to um, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And I was like, hey, let me go ahead and get this. And then I realized that it takes a long time. Yeah. So basically, not until next year will I even be able to. Uh, but you've missed out on some pretty potentially wild and awesome sexual experiences because you weren't prepared. So, men, just what are you waiting on? If your wife is saying, get it done. I'm glad we're recording this because I'm going to hold you to that, you know. But we've had, you know, pre-kids before you had to suit up and I was on birth control. Like I was showing up. 100%. In the wild. Yeah. So 
if you want to if you want to get showed up for in the wild, you know, because I'm not going to do it with a condom. That's just like too stressful. Yeah, it's too much stuff to keep up with, and your wallet is too small, <laughs> and you lose it every other day anyway. So if you open, this is actually really funny. The side of West is like nightstand. I think about this when we have a nanny over or our house cleaner. There is like so many condoms stacked in there. <laughs> yeah, because one time I ran out and I was like, never again. Never, ever again. I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. For the price of condoms for a year, you can almost get a vasectomy. Oh, for sure. Which is crazy. Yes. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we can keep you updated on the process, guys. <laughs> so he far, is 24 hours out. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. But I'm trying, I did fold a lot of clothes with last my, night. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't any, <laughs> you know, you brought them to the bed and I folded them on the bed and then you took them. Which so. was awesome because he was like, How can I help you? And I was like, Well, I have not done laundry in a week. And so, and it was probably not even a week's worth of laundry. It was probably five days worth of laundry. I expect you to post that and give me a little shout out, you know. (laughs) That Wes sat in the bed and folded last night. So the vasectomy is not so bad that you're unable to be completely out of touch with the world. No. So far, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm glad to hear that. And one cool thing is, is right after the surgery. Uh Oh, yeah. If you want to, if you need a recommendation in your local, let me know. Because doctor, I think he was great. Uh, he said, do you want to see the little part that I cut out? So what they do is they basically like cut out a section mm-hmm. on, but here's the hard part. Once you do it one time, <laughs> you got to do it again. Cause there are two parts. There's, there's two, two balls. Oh yeah. Uh, most of the time. Most, well, yeah. <laughs> so they, he cuts out a little section. Uh-huh. He clamps it with a little piece of metal uh-huh. and then solders it. So literally I have, you know, four little pieces of metal, which they'll just stay in there. You know, oh, forever. wow. Well, you have a lot of metal. I got a lot already. of metal all over. Yeah. Um, sorry. So are your balls magnetic now? <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> we should test that. Go stand by the <laughs> Never fridge. Never put a magnet next to me. <laughs> I don't want to know what's happening. Um, but he was like, do you want to see the parts that I cut out? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, man, I never. nobody ever says, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm always the guy, even when you were giving birth, I'm like, yeah, I want to see. I want to see everything, you know? Yeah. Um. So it's pretty cool. I love that he continues to ask, even though he's rejected multiple times <laughs> yeah. a day, every day. I'm I'm game for that always. Yes. I mean, I help deliver, you know, all the kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, you literally delivered Milo. Yeah. So, so. you, the nurse was in there. She assisted. <laughs> but I got, but I got you were the doctor them. role for sure yeah. with Milo. Which I love. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I looked at him and it's kind of crazy. I mean, it looked like a grain of rice, basically. Wow. So it's that small. That small. That's a little crazy. bit bigger, but oh, okay. I was picturing like at least an inch. No, and there's no suture. Like I know. So all you men complaining about doing this, honestly, I have no tolerance for you. I, I have no patience for you. <laughs> I'm I sorry. Know. Oh, believe me, I know this. <laughs> believe me. You don't even have a stitch. Do you know how many stitches I had with just one of our children? All I wanted was kind of like maybe break dinner in bed or breakfast oh, which, in bed. Did I not do that? You did. Yeah. Thank you. You got dinner and breakfast. Yes. Thank you very much. So that was Wes's vasectomy story. Mission accomplished. We have 12 weeks to make sure we don't get pregnant again. Yep. That is the goal. And no jokes. People have been just joking. So you, know, you can go back to doing things with your lady. Uh, probably Seven about, to 10 days. Let's put it 10 days. I'm just going to be safe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't wanna, I, I'm not complaining. Uh, 
<laughs> Mama's tired. And then, uh, yeah, 12 weeks, you go back and give a little specimen. Yep, to confirm. Which, that'll be a fun activity. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, then they say if you're all clear or not. Which, let's, let's pray. And let's pray that it's not a false all clear. I may make you go back every year and get tested just to make sure you're still <laughs> I clear. I asked him, I said, what's the effective rate? And he was like 99.98. You know, okay, that's better than a condom, probably. I was like, Gosh, that's crazy. And I said, but has it ever happened? You know, anybody got pregnant still? He's like, yep. Oh, jeez. And I was like, well, that's a miracle, child. Yeah. I mean, you're basically like, you know, Virgin Mary over here. <laughs> like, we're but. all gonna say a prayer that that's not me. Okay, we can move on now into today's topic. Are you ten okay? minutes of vasectomy talk, and now into? But I think that's important information. Oh, I would have been, I would have been glad to have known a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know. so that, that part was for the men. <laughs> yep. And it has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. <laughs> yes. But I don't even know how to like segue into this at this point, other than um, talking about abstinence for Wes. Wes has been absent a lot lately. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> That's the only segue I know how to do. Um, we Wes is finally back in town and praise the Lord, we only have one more trip on our calendar. For the foreseeable future, which is very exciting. We have a wedding this weekend that we are both thrilled to be a part of. Um, but also we are very ready for Monday where we are both in town and we can finally get back into a routine. The fall is always our crazy season, August, September, October. Those are the travel times. And of course, West travels throughout the year. He usually does it again, like January ish, but it, it just, it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it just really makes me think about, oh man, how I view loneliness now. And that's what I want to talk about today because before I met Dr. Glenn, we talked about the, the connection codes a lot. Whenever I thought about loneliness and what that looks like, I would always just picture somebody literally in a room by themselves. Whether you work by yourself or you don't have any friends or family or whatever, like loneliness is you being alone. And so because that is how we view what loneliness loneliness looks like, we often miss when it's actually happening to us. Because especially as parents, very, very, very rarely are we actually in a room alone. Mm -hmm. And... So it's kind of eerie sometimes. Like if I'm ever at the house by myself, I'm like, this is weird. Oh, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's heaven. <laughs> yeah. I can count on one hand how many times I've been here by myself. Oh, for sure. Even for just like a short moment, just yeah. running in the house or something. Uh, it's very, very rare. I just, especially as a mom, I barely, I don't even, we don't sleep alone. You know, we are never alone. <laughs> And side note back to the vasectomy, like yesterday our house cleaner came, you know? Yeah. So you had, you took the kids, you know, to soccer or something. I was here with the house <laughs> house cleaner <laughs> and two kids with me, but I was laid up, you know, like the with the pit, some frozen peas on me. Yeah. I was just like, see so ya. You, you want, <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. You wanted to be alone, but couldn't. Sorry yeah. about that, bud. I really uh, you know, needed just the house used... clean. Yep. My lapid in the floor last week, and I just needed to know that it was officially off of the floor, yeah. <laughs> um, which I did clean it in that moment, but you know, a deeper clean. So 
talking with Dr. Hill um, and Phyllis recently, we were talking about this last winter. I really struggled. I got pretty depressed and um, like things went pretty dark for me. And I had some really, really difficult thoughts. And honestly, I had some suicidal thoughts during Mm. those months a few different times. Um, And it was really hard. And so I was processing this with the two of them. And of course, they are emotions, you know, coaches and therapists. And he was like, well, what was happening with you? And what was going on? And trying to get to the root of the emotion that I was feeling. And I was telling him, how things all started, you know, we were, we were in a pandemic and then the insurrection happened and everyone was really angry with each other. I was like saying all of these things and he was like, no, but what was happening with you? Like, where were you at? And it essentially boiled down to the fact that I was, had just finally broken and feeling so lonely for so long which was weird because I had not been alone at all for so long. I was with my kids literally every single day and Wes was in and out, but I was just never by myself. And um, he talks about loneliness in the fact that loneliness feels like this dull, long ache. And so it's actually, now this can tie into a vasectomy, (laughs) There's different types of pain. So like when we're thinking about physical pain, we think about like the sharp pains, you know, so maybe the shot um, that happens. That's what anger, anger can feel like that quick, explosive, fast feeling or joy can be like a quick, but loneliness is this long, dull, slow pain. So it's more of like a chronic pain in your body. And I love that he talks a lot about emotional pain affects our brains in the same way that physical pain affects our brains. And so as we're processing everything that happened with him last year, Wes was like, yeah, I really, I was trying to encourage Tira to see a counselor and I was trying to ask her, what do you need? How can I help you? And I was trying to like help her in that way, but she just wouldn't tell me. And he looked at Wes and said, if you could have seen where she was emotionally in the same way she was physically, Mm. you would have realized she couldn't have asked for help. So in those moments, you have to think that Tira has fallen down the stairs. And when someone falls down the stairs and now they're laying at the bottom of the stairs, maybe they've broken their leg or they're all beat up. You can't ask them, how can I help you? You yeah. just have to jump in and help them because that person can't help themselves anymore. Mm. And so the long-term effects of loneliness affects us in that same way. It's this chronic, dull pain. And anyone that deals with chronic pain, you know what that is like. I mean, that is, it makes you mentally crazy. <laughs> you know, I I haven't dealt with long-term chronic pain, but... I've had really bad back pain during pregnancy and it will make you go mad. You know, it's just, it feels like it's never going to end. And so I had reached that point where this loneliness now of being a year out from March of 2020 all the way through to January 6th of watching the insurrection take place. I'd 
already been having this like chronic pain in my body. And then finally, it just made me go, it made my brain break to where I physically was flooded and I couldn't do anything. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't know how to connect with anyone at that point. And so last month, I could feel this, these days, these feelings start to come back. And when we talk about West traveling in the beginning of the month, we, we kind of gear up for it. You know, he's like, okay, this is how long I'm going to be gone. And are we going to be okay? Do I need to do this? And of course, I'm like, I've got this. We're good. You can like do, go. Don't worry about us. And that's true. Um, I'm, I've told him like, I'm super proud that we made it to the very, very end of this travel spurt before I started to feel like I was breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last week that he was gone, which was last week, <laughs> I um, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I started looking at houses in Huntsville, you know. And w- as soon as I really had that urge to do that, that's when I started to realize, okay, I'm lonely. That's That is the emotion that's happening in my body that I just didn't recognize that that's where I was at. And I think about, okay, I see my best friend at the bus stop every morning. You know, I get, the kids get to see their best friends getting on the bus. I get to see my best friend getting on the bus. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting to see these like snippets of people every single day, but I was no longer living life with anyone. I was no longer being in community with anyone. And I was keeping the kids alive, doing work, coming home, doing the laundry, getting everything ready to go, going to soccer, saying hello to people all day long, but never entering into anything more than that, anything real. And so finally that last day, Wes was coming home that night. I had, I was just like, I'd reached the point where I was just ready to crawl back in bed again. And I was like, okay, I can now recognize what this feels like, what this looks like and what I need and what I need is community. And so I, at the bus stop, (laughs) asked my best friend, I was like, can y'all please just come over tonight? You know, can you just please come and hang out with me? She was like, well, I'm doing my grocery list. I have this and I'll just bring it over. So she literally just picked up her life with her grocery list and her computer and her to-do list and came and sat at my bar while I cleaned house and managed kids and did some laundry and cooked. Well, I didn't cook dinner. I ordered pizza. Mm-hmm. And I did my thing. And we just lived in community with each other. We just worked side by side with each other. But at that point, being in community, we were no longer, I was no longer experiencing that dull ache of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever feel that way? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Do you think, have, okay, so I think that one, one of the things that I thought about when I was planning to talk about this was I'm talking a lot about that and the fact that in this moment, you and I have a healthy marriage and I'm lonely because you are physically gone. Mm-hmm. But we have had times in our marriage that we are together Every day we are, we are doing life together, 
but we are not emotionally together. And so we have, I have felt lonely from you. We felt more like roommates and detached from each other. And so that loneliness can come in. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You know, I don't don't have great memory. (laughs) And if I was ever lonely, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to forget about that. You know, Narita's going to bring that up. Well, yeah, because it's Enneagram 7. You do everything you can to avoid pain. Yeah. Um, Which is not healthy. Yeah. It is who I am. Uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Does it exist? 100%. Have I felt that way before? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? I think we're human beings. Yeah. Even if I'm out on the road, you know, by myself, like, you know, I feel lonely. So there you go. It just takes you five minutes to reach a point where you realize like, oh, yeah, I do feel lonely sometimes. Yeah. It's just, you know, but it's just so busy that like. Yeah. I just feel it. You feel it in, you know. Well, and so I think that that's what it is, though, that it took me nine months of just being busy from March 2020 of us isolating, going inside, not doing our thing to finally January 6th of the very next year, it finally crashing down on me. Yeah. And that's why loneliness, it's disguised because we're staying busy, because we're doing all of these other things. Because we're surrounded by people, we often don't notice it until we are feeling the physical effects of it. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, if we're attributing, you know, the emotional wellness to the physical wellness, I mean, it's like kind of like a cancer that you is, don't know is it's growing. There. You don't know it's there. And then one day you're like, oh, what is this big lump on me? It's, but That's, it's been growing there for a long time. Exactly. You go to the doctor and you're like, oh, you're pretty... You need some help. We got to get this out, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so when I think about that, I really think that loneliness is one of the biggest things that breeds depression because it sneaks up on you and it it separates you without you even realize that you're being separated. And because we can experience it in relationship with other people. So two spouses can live together, be together all the time, but still feel lonely with each other. And that is created when we are not seeing each other and recognizing the other person's identity. When we are not showing up for each other in those little tangible moments of, hey, come sit on the porch with me. Hey, come and do this with me. No, no. Hey, come snuggle in the bed with me. The more we are rejected by each other in those small baby moments, that loneliness is it breeds. Yeah. Whenever we disregard the other person's feelings, hey, I'm feeling tired today. And we disregard that, that breeds loneliness in the other person because they're not being seen by their partner. Mm-hmm. So every time we feel unseen by our partner, we're now feeling loneliness. In our head, we it may trigger as like, oh, sad or anger or frustration but it's actually the deep loneliness that's actually that's happening. It's just hard to recognize in the beginning and in that moment. Another thing that I think about is just all the all the secrets that we keep. You know, all of the things that are going on in our own individual lives that we feel like we can't talk about with other people that breeds loneliness. Mm-hmm. So, I think about for you when you struggled with pornography for two years Mm -hmm. and that was a secret that you were keeping 
from everyone. Honestly, I think even trying to keep it from yourself. And what that did, it was it created loneliness in you, therefore only isolating and separating you more and more from me, from your family, from people that you love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that happens a lot with women when they are experiencing miscarriages, you know, because we're not supposed to tell anybody until 10 weeks and all of this. And so then nobody talks about it. And then it happens and then we're lonely. We are now experiencing this like heart-wrenching, painful thing by ourselves with women that experience sexual abuse, sexual assault. It's loneliness because we can't tell anyone for fear, for shame, for mm-hmm. all of the other feelings that are masked on top of it. And so that right there is the entire reason that I wanted to do this podcast. Because I don't want anyone to feel alone in what they're going through. Because there are so many things that we don't talk about, that we hide from each other, that we hide from our partners, that I recognize in my own life I felt lonely in before as well. Yeah. And loneliness breeds fear. It breeds shame. And then it ultimately breeds depression. And so this podcast today really is just like me wanting to shed light on what that looks like for people and help you kind of maybe recognize it sooner in your life. And if you're thinking, oh, I'm feeling this way, I could see this, like I'm with my people all day long, but I'm, I have this like dull ache inside of me. Maybe you're actually not with your people all day long. Maybe you need that friend to come and sit at your counter and actually live life with you. Maybe you need to share with somebody whatever that hidden dark part of you is that you're afraid to share, but it's actually isolating and and keeping you distant. Maybe you need to find a counselor that you can feel safe with, that you can share those things with and help you through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... The long-term effects of what that does is like just now this is like deep. I feel like I should have given a trigger warning like suicide, Mm. you know, um, I have lost a few, a few different friends to suicide. And I think back of like how, why, what, and I think a lot of the root of it, yes, there are mental Um, disorders and things that play a role into that for sure. But the isolation and the loneliness, um, I think is just as debilitating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, and I, that's what I was experiencing last, like I felt that very strongly last year without even realizing that that is what was happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health is just as important as physical health. I think today is mental health day. Really? World Health Mental Health Day. Well, we are right on par with man. what things are supposed to be happening right yep. now. I think as an adult, as we get older, we just, I don't know, you just realize that that's such an important thing. Mental also health. with your physical health too, right? But like. Well, I think as an adult, well, with our generation, we are finally seeing that mental health is equally important to physical health. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a new 
development. Yep. For sure. I think about, you know, you know, in the fifties so much of like, how did they not see this, you know, or were they not struggling with this thing? You know, the world is just, the world is also very different. Yeah. Whereas, you know, 50 years ago, they didn't know what was going on in another part of the world. Totally. You know, they didn't now today, all of these problems from the entire world, we can literally get in a few minutes into our minds and our minds are just taking all of this in. Yes. So, and it breeds helplessness. You're absolutely right. Before you had to wait for the newspapers to come out the next day before you knew what happened. And you're only seeing those big stories. You're not getting, you know, all of these tiny stories of, I'm not even going to go into some of the things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And so we're just constantly bombarded with bad, horrible, devastating news. And it makes us feel helpless. And feeling helpless, then it makes us feel isolated and yeah. and alone. A lot of times people get, they're like, oh, you don't know what's going on right now? Like, I can't believe you don't know that. I'm like, there's so much going on. I would on. much rather learn from you. You can tell me that versus yeah. me. Like, yeah, I really don't take in a lot of the news because yeah. I, it, that's tough. But that is a good point that, you know, our parents' generation, they just gained knowledge and information so differently but they were also taught differently and that is I was talking to my mom about this yesterday they were the sit down be quiet generation of you don't talk unless spoken to Mm. you know you stay quiet you be quiet and I'm thankful that our generation that has been able to change and that we are bringing more awareness to these issues and to what emotions actually do to our body so we can work through it. Um, and so that's, that's all I wanted to share today was just that I think loneliness is one of the more forgotten emotions and it's forgotten because it's unrecognizable and it hides deep in the pit of us. Yeah. And it's disguised by, all of the other people that we are around. So we don't think that we're alone. And then it's also disguised by our busyness. So we never allow ourselves to realize that it's actually growing and it's actually happening. Yeah. And that what it ultimately does is extremely detrimental to our mental health, to our relationships ultimately. And the best ways to help it is to pause identify it and then seek out help through counseling through a friend and um, I'm very lucky that for me in those darkest moments my oldest sister was able to talk me through them Um, and otherwise that there are hotlines available there's definitely betterhelp.com that's online counseling that you can get at your fingertips right now you know, if you're struggling. So be aware. And when your friends are hurting, take note of that. Yeah. Because it takes a lot for somebody to reach out. It takes a lot for somebody to say, hey, will you come over and sit on my kitchen counter today? Mm -hmm. And you may not realize that that's them being vulnerable and that's them asking for help. But by saying yes, you... One, you're being a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and two, you are like coming alongside and you're partnering with somebody. Yeah. And that can make all the difference for that person. They say, check on your strong friends. And that is so true. Watching Ted Lasso, 
Who is watching Ted Lasso? If you're not, you're missing out on the greatest television out there right now. <laughs> but we've got to see that with Ted. Yeah. You know, check on your strong friends and make sure that they are okay and show up for people because all of us right now are hurting. It's, I feel like every day, I, not even from the outside world, but just close friends, people that are, that we live life with on a regular basis that are in pain. And so we all need more support than we ever have. And our phones are not the thing that's going to connect us. It's nice that I can pick up the phone and call my best friend in Huntsville, but a hug would be so much better. Yeah. So if you are needing any help today, if you are identifying with any part of this, reach out and get help from somebody. And if you would like to talk to me, you can find me at Tierra Wages. I do my very best to respond to 99% of my Instagram messages if you reach out. So just like a vasectomy. <laughs> I have the same. I'm just bringing uh, it back full circle there here. There you go. <laughs> the same rate as a vasectomy. So thank you so much for being here. I hope that this was helpful for someone to, to even feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone and feeling like I'm completely alone, <laughs> you know, because sometimes it feels that way. It's like, no, you're with people all the time. It's like, no, dude, I feel so lonely right now. And then that feels so lonely. And so it's just a vicious cycle. Um, I know that life is a little crazy. Holy moly. And there are days that you feel a little crazy, especially when you are surrounded by people all day long, but you feel like you're not actually even in community with anyone and you're going through the motions by yourself. You are not alone. I get it. Be happy and love each other.